We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It is August 2nd. It's 2019. And we have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy, Jordan Cooper Blenderhead. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, not good after the, the past slate. Uh, I, I got one game wrong. Either either you went uh, with, with Wojo, what's his name? Or you went with the Jays. Like, either he's real or he's a fraud. And I decided to go with the he's real. Yeah, so um, I was in a draft, the the final round of draft to try to get to the live final, and Woji was my pitcher today. Um, so he didn't the, really pitch that badly. I watched the game. He got strikeouts. He a bad bit a little. I mean, he gave up one home run. I I mean, with that type of pitcher, I expect that. But uh, you know, seven points in DraftKings ain't gonna cut it. Not enough. Um, not enough indeed. So. We move on to the next slate. Actually, I think I'm having a decent slate. I made some money in trucks. Um, baseball is going okay, so going to be an okay night. Nothing to, you know, brag about or have fun with. But Freddie Freeman got his home run. You know, he was my highest home hitter. So uh, if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. That way you get access to three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft. Plus, if we run any cool promos with them, You'll get access to those. Rake-free DFS is here. Um, if you want more details on that, you can go to their website and you can read all about that. So a lot of stuff going on over there. Um, you can see the membership plans. And, um, you know, I, I don't play a ton of baseball over there anymore, but I really am going to be pounding this rake-free stuff when football rolls around. Um, you know, with it being once a week, I can handle multiple sites and um, really going to be playing and taking advantage of, you know, free money. When we look at it, Jordan. Right. I mean, I'm doing the same thing for NFL. Uh, I mean, when you combine the deposit 
fee and a membership fee, you could get your effective rate down to under 5%. So like, although you're like, you're paying a little upfront for it. If you're going to play through the entire NFL season, like, especially when the pricing dynamics kind of between DraftKings and fantasy draft, I mean, I play primarily on DK, like aren't that much different that I have no problem. You know, I could play three to five lineups. Like I'm not going to like multi-enter or anything because I, I get multiple sites and I'm, you know, CSVs and everything, you know, I'm, I'm not to the point where I could do a million things at once, but, uh, but you can't, you, it, it's, it's three times less than the rake on any other site. And you're right. It, it it essentially is free money because it's money that you're that is not being taken out of the prize pool. Yeah, and like you know, their contest was I think like 330 something people, and now it's 300. Like you're playing against less people too. So you know that's what it all boils down to is at the end of the day when you're playing these contests, you want to play against less people. So if you haven't checked it out, right when you go over there, you can see the membership plans. Let's jump into this slate. 12 games to talk about. We start with the White Sox and the Phillies. Ivan Nova against Jason Vargas. Um, any interest here in Nova up against the Philadelphia Phillies? Uh, I, I typically don't have Nova interest in him no matter who he's playing, and definitely not at 7K. Yeah, um, you know, nine and a half total. He's kind of a big dog here against Vargas, and, you know, they they have some lefties in this lineup where Nova Nova just struggles against both sides, so – Really don't have a lot of interest in Ivan Nova. Um, Jason Vargas, you know, we like right-handed pitchers against the White Sox. Vargas has been okay a lot this season. Like, do you have any interest here in Vargas? I mean, you have to at 7,400 against the White Sox, right? We have a slate. We have a slate here, Stevie, that it seems like a lot of my builds are going to be Jason Vargas and Steven Matz. And once I start putting that together – I start thinking that NFL preseason contests look fairly attractive. <laughs> We're going to talk about another guy down in that range that I really, really like. Um, my boy, Dustin May. We, we call him the ginger. Um, he looks like Justin Turner with long hair. Like he's a Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard, long hair type guy that looks like Justin Turner. So we're going to talk about Dustin May when we get there. But yeah, I think that this mid-range has some options today. I don't mind Vargas here. You know, 7,400 is a guy that probably going to put up around 15 to 20 points here. And the White Sox, you know, they have some righties in this lineup. Abreu, McCann, Jimenez is back. You know, they have some guys that can hit left-handed pitching. But Vargas has done a great job this season at limiting the damage. The only thing that I have an issue with here is Vargas getting this ballpark shift going from New York to Philly. That's going to hurt him in the long run this year. Right. I mean, originally, I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for that first game First game Vargas pitches in Phillies, you know, in, in Philadelphia. I don't care what Big T says. I'm going to stack against him. And then the, the stack, well, it actually, this stack fits me perfectly because this is, this is like, this is, I mean, this is going to the dumpster outside of the Dollar Tree because these prices are ridiculous. I mean, uh, Tim Anderson at 3,900, Abreu at 3,700, McCann 3,500, Eloy Jimenez at 3,500, and they have the bottom of the lineup. It's horrible. But, I mean, Jason Vargas gives up hard contact, and he's a fly ball pitcher in Philadelphia. Uh, I mean, when he could get fly ball hitters at underneath 4K and a, four, a catcher hitting fourth, a shortstop hitting second, impossibly with Tim Anderson up there. Like, to me, I know, I know the White Sox are, are vomit, but 
it may it may be good vomit. On my notes, before we even talked, I have written down Chicago White Sox vomit stack. <laughs> you're learning. You're you're with me now. Oh uh, well, I do I do write like val, value plays up like four times a week for premium, so I'm always looking for value. And you you nailed it. Like this team's really really cheap, and you can make a really decent four man with upside here. Maybe even a five man with Anderson, Abreu, McCann, and Jimenez. And none of those guys are over 4K. So I don't hate it. The only issue that I have with it is we don't have a ton of pitching options to pay up for today. So um, I think the upside is certainly there. I don't mind the White Sox. What are we looking at here for the Phillies? I mean, the Phillies against Nova. I mean, Nova it doesn't really strike many people out. I know the, the Phillies tend to strike out more than some other teams, but uh, they're priced fairly reasonable. I mean, I think Bryce Harper is obviously the top option, 4,400 on DraftKings. I mean, the lefty. But, I mean, I don't mind the righties against Nova either. I mean, you may have Corey Dickerson in the lineup. I mean, he's 4,800, so I don't know if I'm paying that much for him, even though he is a lefty. But I'm more interested in, like, Segura because he fills a shortstop spot or Hoskins because he has a lot of power at 4,400 or depending on where he bats, our real Muto at 4,100 and catcher. Uh, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's a bad stack but it's it's a mid it's a mid-priced one and then we may have some other teams that may be in somewhat of poorly perceived matchup that are significantly underpriced that you may want to play instead all right um moving on here blue jays orioles um sammy g against aaron brooks um any interest here in sammy g well being that i don't think i don't think he's pitched more than like 40 pitches out of the bullpen or anything. So like, I, I can't, I just, I can't play a pitcher at, at even minimum price that isn't, isn't even guaranteed to go more than like three innings. Yeah. He, you know, he pitched, um, Gaviglio pitched 50 pitches last time out against Tampa on the 27th. Maybe he goes 75 here. I, I think that might be a, a little bit of a reach. Um, you know, they're obviously going to use him a little bit um, here now that they move some guys around. They don't have Stroman. Um, so maybe he gets a little bit longer leash. But I think 40, 57, I think is his season high, if I remember correctly. So um, no interest for me here on him. And then Aaron Brooks on the other side of this game. Same thing that we talked about all the time when he was pitching with um, Oakland. Not very good. Getting a negative ballpark shift here from when he pitched for Oakland now to Baltimore. Um, I have zero interest in Aaron Brooks, even at 4.8K. Yeah, and currently that there's no line on this game, but I, I think when it opens, this is going to be a 10 total. I think it's going to be like five on each side. So this this is the type of game I'm looking more for bats than, than for pitching. I think it's more appealing on the Blue Jays side uh, because you could uh, now that uh, Bo Bichette is uh, leading off, I mean, most likely. I mean, you get to fill a shortstop spot a second base spot with Kevin Biggio. Uh, it really all depends on whether or not like uh, Lourdes Gurriel is back. I mean, he's expensive at 4,900. I may not necessarily consider him one of the better bats for that price on a 12 game slate, but if he's not in the lineup, like if Grichik is batting fourth, I mean, we have smoke. He could be, it'll be somewhere up there. Vlad's price is getting up there. Now he's at 4,500, but I think, you know, even the guys at the bottom of the lineup, I mean, Billy McKinney just homered today. I, 
Galvis is shortstop, so you either have to play him instead of Bichette. But, uh, you know, the Blue Jays are getting a, a ballpark upgrade. I typically like playing guys in Baltimore against Baltimore, guaranteed ninth inning at bats. So no single one stands out. I think uh, based on positional scarcity, uh, Bijo will be popular at 4,300. There are other shortstops that you, that you could pay for. So, uh, so if anyone, I, I'm going to play the, the platoon advantage in that spot. Yeah, honestly, like not like Toronto's certainly a stack that I like here today. Like we're getting Aaron Brooks in the first half of this, who doesn't miss a lot of bats. And then we get Baltimore, Baltimore bullpen. So, um, I like Toronto, like, and you talked about like how you stack this team. Like, you know, you could potentially roll out a four or five man here and not have to use an outfield spot. So like that, that's super juicy when we're looking at this slate and we, you know, we have cores with a bad pitcher on the Hill. So, um, you know, it makes this stack very interesting. Um, you know, kind of the same thing that we were talking about with the White Sox, you know, you can use a lot of your position eligibility inside and get some outfield spots. So, um, as far as the Baltimore side goes, you know, this is a spot that I like the lefties, um, VR, Santander. I think Mancini, if you want to make it a three-man, is fine. But I don't typically stack Baltimore very often anymore. Well, now that their prices are up, it, it's I, I can't see doing it this late because in compare, I mean, I, I could play the Giants in cores at these prices. I mean, Santander's up to 4,700. Nunez is 4,700. Mancini's 49. VR is 46. Severino, or, or I mean, I'm assuming either him or Cisco. I mean, they're still almost 4K. So, like, I look at this, and of course, you could always play Chris Davis for either five strikeouts or a home run. But being the home team, I mean, I, maybe a one-off, but even the one-offs I don't necessarily like all that much. Fair enough. Um, we continue on here. Mets and Pirates, Steven Matz, Trevor Williams, nine total pick em game. Any interest here in Matz? Lefties against uh, the Pirates. Matz is, I mean, he's very good. Lefty-lefty. Uh, uh, and also uh, reverse splits as well. I mean, like, I, I don't mind him facing righties. I don't mind him facing lefties. Uh, he's typically cheap. He's 7,700 on DraftKings. Uh, the Pirates have a 4.5 implied run total, which actually I... It surprised me. I thought it'd be maybe a little bit lower, like 4.1. But I'm not necessarily scared that much of fly balls in Pittsburgh. So, uh, I mean, technically, I would think Vargas is a better option in that range. But for 7,700, I think Matt's is underpriced here. Yeah, and, you know, it's a left-hand pitcher against Pittsburgh. You know, we've been talking about this all season. Their power, a lot of this power comes from the left side of the plate. You know, Bell still has a little bit of power, but he strikes out, um, you know, at a high clip at 25%. So, I don't hate Matt's here. You know, he's a guy that's very hit or miss. Um, you know, it just depends if he's pitching well or not. So, always love those types of guys um, that can easily tilt you or, you know, look at his last time out against this team. So, um, any interest here in Williams? Typically, he doesn't have enough strikeout ability that at 7,200, I just see downside. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. There, there's some guys that I really like in this range today, and I just don't see myself really using him here. I don't think the matchup is too bad. You know, Robinson Cano already hit his home run for the week, so don't have to worry about that. Um, but, yeah, honestly, it's just, just not a spot that I love. I love the ballpark here. 
you know, anytime Williams is pitching at home, but I just, I wish he was a little bit cheaper if I was going to play him here. Yeah. Um, I mean, any- I mean, the, the, I know you said, I know you said that Cano hit his, uh, you know, home run for the week, but he's 3,200 with the platoon advantage. You have to, you have to at least look at him. I think, I think with the construction dynamic on this slate, especially maybe in cash, that you don't have to go this far down at second base and have a decent lineup. Even if you're going to play a 10 K pitcher, I don't even think you'll need this. And if you're, if you're not, if you're doing something like Vargas mats or something like you definitely don't need a $3,200 second baseman. That's why I said before the Cavon Biggio, like the low 4k range for second baseman seems more applicable, but I, I couldn't put it. I know Cano's horrible. But he's thirty two hundred, and he bats fourth on the road. Like he's the he makes the stack work if you're going to stack him. But I'm the I typically don't really even like stacking in Pittsburgh. But if I would, it would be like Conforto, Cano, Ramos, and then you almost have to throw Alonzo in there because the Mets scored ten runs. I mean, he's forty eight hundred at first base. He's probably going to have some part of it. Yeah, and at pretty low ownership, you would think. Um, as far as the Pittsburgh bats go here, I don't hate Marte. I don't hate Bell. Um, but outside of those two guys, I really don't see myself um, playing these guys. I will say it is a nice, decent upside spot for like a Newman or a Marte. If they get on base, Matt's is not best at holding on runners. So we could potentially see some stolen base upside for a Newman or a Marte, but I don't think that they're going to make my build on a 12 game slate. You, you missed the cheap bat that could be in the lineup against the lefty. Kong Ho Kong and whatever, whatever the the name that looks different than how it's pronounced. Uh, shortstop eligible at twenty eight hundred. Now, if he's batting like seventh or eighth, it's not all that appealing. But if he's slightly higher in the lineup, uh, I I mean that's kind of a pun play. But he does have power, and but the the rest of the like the righties, like if Jose Osuna's in there, he's forty three hundred. Like Melky, he could be higher in the order, but 3,600, I wouldn't call you crazy for playing him. But I think of Melky more as a guy that I throw in a stack and don't use as a one-off because he'll hit, what, seven home runs the whole year? So unless you expect it in this one game, I think either you're paying up for this stack, which will be highly contrarian because who's going to pay 5K and 4,600 for Bell in this matchup, especially when Matt's is going to be kind of chalky. Uh, but I mean, where things happen, you could do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess it is baseball. Anything can happen. I guess, uh, Red Sox, Yankees, 10 and a half total Eduardo Rodriguez, James Paxton, Paxton, a slight favorite here. Um, any interest here in Eduardo Rodriguez? Uh, typically I don't attack the Yankees. I think Erod's a, a good pitcher and, like, actually, outside of Fenway, he's getting kind of a ballpark upgrade in some extent. But, I mean, the game has a 10.5 total. And when I start looking at the Yankees, I go, who put them in the Dollar Tree? So, like, I'm almost looking to more – I'm more inclined to play Yankees against them than play him. Yeah, Yankees are cold right now. I get that and everything. But, you know, some of these guys really cheap and – the only issue that I have with the Yankees here, outside of being just kind of struggling right now, is Eduardo's a reverse splits guy. He's a guy that, you know, can get right-handed bats out with the changeup that he uses. So, 
I don't think I would play him here. If he got a discount for facing the Yankees, I guess he kind of got a little bit of a discount, maybe, um, at 9,300. Looking at his last few starts, he's been anywhere from 8 to 11K. Um, if he if he was in that, like, 8-1 range, I think, I would have a little bit more interest. But he's just not enough discount from some of these guys at the top and facing a, a really tough matchup here in the Yankees. And then – Paxton on the other side of this game, it feels like the Red Sox have faced a lefty like three or four days in a row. I don't know like if that's actually true or not, but it seems like the Red Sox have been facing a lot of lefties, which, uh, you know, I, I think this is a spot I stay away from Paxton. Oh, I think the complete opposite. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I get the oh, no from Stevie. Oh, he's no. 8,700, and he's a much more talented pitcher than an $8,700 pitcher. His past two starts were pretty poor. So at 87, you're getting a – kind of getting a discount. No one's going to want to play him against the Red Sox. So if you tell me that James Paxton is 4% owned, like, I got to have interest in that. Now you tell me he's 10%, 11%, 12%, okay, then I start, ba- I start backing away. But for a pitcher of his caliber – like over a career sample size for 8,700 at nearly no ownership. Like I got to have some of that. I hope it works out. Actually, I don't hope it works out for you. Usually I would well, re- you, you want to play the bat- Boston bats against him. Yes. They just pounded him last star. They hit four home runs against them. They're super hot right now. Yes, I do. Super um, hot. They love, they love, they got swept by the rays. That's fine. That's fine with me. Um, at home. Rays, Rays and Yankees, way two different series. Um, so I, I love the spot for the Red Sox. Um, JD, Xander, Mookie, Sam Travis is in, if he's in there, like definitely Xander and Martinez. I love those two guys. I don't care what the prices are. I mean, Martinez is is viable at forty eight hundred. Bogart's forty nine hundred. I get it. I mean, you, you could always do Mookie's fifty one hundred. I mean, they're I think they're fairly priced. I think. It, it's fine to play them, but if they're going to be too popular, I don't. I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. Um, you look at ownership, and I don't know what we'll see here. It's a 12 game slate. There's cores. Um, you know, I think the Yankees would be pretty popular on the other side, and you know, like we we have Glenn Sparkman against Minnesota. Um, so I think Minnesota is going to get some ownership. I think Houston gets some ownership against Kikuchi. Like, it'd be really interesting, and I still hate the fact that, like, I, I feel bad for Jamino on days like this. Like, that that job's tough. Um, what are we looking at here on the Yankees' bats? Uh, like, Aaron Judge is 3,900. <laughs> yeah. He's 3,900. Aaron Hicks is 3,900. The, the most expensive bat in the Yankees lineup could be DJ LeMayu. But uh, Edward Encarnacion is 4,300. Glaber Torres is under 4K. I mean, it's not the strongest of Yankee lineups, but like, oh, they're cold. But could be this be the day they turn it around? Now, I think because of like projection systems and optimizers, that I think that the ownership. I, I need to see how much that inflates the ownership because if if you do like a two year sample on Aaron Judge, like three point nine k is like way too like that's gonna pop like there's no tomorrow. So he could be incredibly chalky. Or he could he could go. I don't think he goes unnoticed, but I think maybe the stack doesn't it doesn't have as much ownership as it could have 
on a slate with cores because you'll be filling spots. Like if you play Encarnacion at 4,300, you can't play Belt at 4,000 in cores. If you fill two outfield spots, you can't – I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you like matchups in other spots. Like Minnesota has, what, all those outfielders. You fill two spots there – you can't play twins outfielders. So let the, you, you say it right with Jamino. Like this ownership, for me, that's all about the Yankees. I know that they're extremely cheap, but if, if I see them as like Uber, you know, projection system chalk, like I'm going to temper my exposure. Then I start getting into maybe I should play Eduardo Rodriguez against them. So it's one of those, it's always one of those types of things. I know you, you call it the ownership game, but to me, it's more of like the effective, efficient ownership of like, if Judge is going to be like 32% in GPP, like I don't play him. But if he's going to be 18%, I'll have some of them. I, I call it the ownership game because I think that that just sums it up for people that might not know or might have not watched your um, you know video breaking down this kind of stuff um, on Lineup HQ. So, yeah, Judge, 3,900, like you said. I think he'll be really popular in cash games too. Um I probably play him in cash. I don't hate it. Like, I, I, I don't love it. Um, but 3,900 for Judge, like you said, if you look at the two-year number, numbers at against lefties, like, he's going to pop big time. So, he does have, you know, seven out of his last ten games. He has at least two strikeouts in those games, uh, four straight games with at least two strikeouts. He's struggling right now. Like, no doubt about it. You watch Aaron Judge on TV right now, and you know that he's struggling at the plate. But 3.9K is too cheap. What what's gonna end up happening about three weeks from now? I'm gonna be we're gonna be doing another episode. It'll be like Aaron Judge is thirty two hundred. I'm trying to get all my money back. <laughs> Chris Davis finally homered the other night. Yeah, I didn't um, play him. Of course, you didn't get your money back. <laughs> no, no, I actually did extremely well that slate. So I got my, all my money back by not playing him, even there though he. Um, Angels and Indians, Felix Pena against Mike Clevenger. Um, any interest here in Pena? Uh, not against the Indians lineup, especially now with the upgrade with Puig and Reyes in it. Yeah, the lineup got better. Um, you know, it added maybe a little bit more strikeouts, Reyes and Puig, both over 23% this season, but it definitely got better. Um, you know, both those guys over 225 ISOs against right-handed pitching, so... Felix Pena, really good against righties. I think there's enough lefties in this uh, lineup. If for some reason this lineup comes out very right-handed heavy, maybe you take a shot on Pena, but they still don't strike out a ton. So probably a spot you stay away from Pena. And then Clevenger on the other side, we know the the Angels don't strike out very often here. Clevenger has elite strikeout stuff. He's 11.1K. To be honest, Jordan, at 11.1K against the Angels, I'm not playing many pitchers in that price range. No, I agree with you. I, I mean, I look at that and go, like, I I think Matt's could equal his score, possibly. I mean, I think I, – I don't think you need to pay 11.1K for Clevenger, but a lot of people will think that. So maybe, you know, if, if he comes in at, at under 10% ownership, I could see having some of him, especially, if, hey, if I'm playing the White Sox vomit stack, like, I got to spend the money somewhere. So it may be at pitcher, but I typically don't like – uh, attacking the Angels with their lower strikeout rate. Uh, and are are they getting a ballpark up bad? It's kind of neutral, right? The I, Angels yeah, – I, I don't know. Like, the Angels' ballpark's playing so well to, like, home runs this season with the with the movement of the wall. So, I don't know. 
like we won't we really won't be able to like compare stats until the end of the year and start looking the next year because we want a whole year sample size so we really don't know if it's a ballpark upgrade or downgrade it's probably pretty close right but but i mean looking at their bats against clevenger i mean the guy that stands out would be like upton at 3400 but uh, or uh, Tani at 4600 i the angels get a little bit of a bump only cuz they're on the road guaranteed ninth inning at bats but i mean Stacking them, obviously, I say it a million times. Four outfielders, it's too hard. But even if even if it wasn't, like Clevenger's a strikeout pitcher, so like that ends rallies so often that I I typically don't like like I don't like stacking against strikeout pitchers. But you know, you could always hey Mike Trout's going to be what four percent on this slate. He's the best player in baseball. People aren't going to play him in, against Clevenger in a twelve game slate with all these other options and better hitting conditions. Uh, I I can't call you I. Can't ever call you crazy for playing. So I'm seeing a report here that it could be Dylan Peters pitching for the Angels. They might move Pena back a day. If that happens, I have a lot of interest in the Indians here. Dylan Peters, not very good. Struggled in AAA. He's really struggled with righties this season. Uh, Woba's over 450. His ISO's over 275. Like, I would have a ton of interest here with the upgrades in this lineup with Reyes and Puig um, against left-handed pitching. So if that happens, like – Pay attention to this because this might be a really good, you know, lower own stack on the slate as far as the Indians go. And some of these guys are really cheap from what I remember. Yeah, I mean, you could get Puig at 4,100. You get Reyes at 3,900. Their prices really hasn't, hasn't adjusted for the, for the new team. But, I mean, I consider the Indians to be in a very similar situation as what you mentioned with the Red Sox, is that there's all these other spots, the Twins, Cores, and everything. And it's, it, these prices are similar. So, like, ownership has to go somewhere. And yep. uh, I think more people are likely to play the Red Sox than the Indians. Uh, and the Indians, with Puig and Reyes in their lineup, are no longer as ground ball-leaning type of hitters anymore. We don't get the, 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 the Greg Allen in the lineup. We don't get Jake Bowers' 8 million strikeouts in the lineup. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm much more inclined to play an Indian stack uh, than, a, than a Red Sox stack, even if the Indians' run total comes even lower. And it, to me, it doesn't even matter if it's Peters or Pena. Alex Wood against Kevin Gaussman, Cincinnati against Atlanta, nine total. Gaussman is a 148 favorite. Um, any interest here in Alex Wood? Well, I mean, I had interest in Alex Wood at that price his last start. And from watching him pitch... Like, it, it's very similar to, to, I mean, in the past. I mean, I know he's coming back from injury or whatever. Like, I just, I don't, I don't, see, I don't see enough strikeouts for even 8K facing, uh, you know, in, in Atlanta, going to be hot. And that lineup, uh, I mean, they have these righties that could really hurt him. Acuna and Donaldson, Duvall. Duvall's hitting a home run seemingly every day. If Riley's in, that's either a strikeout or a home run. They'll probably have flowers at, like, I just I don't see the upside at 8K. Uh, if if he gets your 15 points, great. But uh, I think there's more chances that he gets blown up than he has a great outing. I like Adam Duvall. He won me some money a couple years ago. Never never will forget. Um, I think he was with Cincinnati too. Revenge game. Um, but yeah, Adam Duvall, like you said, I think he's 11 for 24. Is I think is what I saw earlier today. Somebody tweeted it out um, since rejoining the big league team. So. Yeah, and like, you know, Donaldson, there's just so many righties in this lineup, and this lineup's already good against left-handed pitching. So, Alex Wood's probably a pass for me. I like some guys under him. Um, Kevin Gaussman on the other side of this game, 
we know Gausman can go out and have big games. Um, he has really been either really good or really bad this season, which screams large field tournaments. But I don't know if this is necessarily the best spot to take a shot on him. No, I actually think it's a better spot than it would be with the Reds not having Puig in the lineup anymore. Because with him being more of a reverse blitz pitcher, as you would say, Votto, Winker, Van Meter, I mean, like, do they have Irvin in? But he strikes out a bunch. They got this Aquino guy up. He has absolutely no plate discipline. And then the bottom of the lineup has no power, really. And then you have the pitcher. So, I mean, it's, this is a significantly downgraded Reds lineup. Uh, the, the the main bat that you're scared of is probably Eugenio Suarez. But if he could get by him, I'd, like 8,300, I'd rather him be cheaper. I'd, I, if he was like 7K, I'd, I'd, I'd love him a lot more. But when we're talking about not having, like if you don't want to pay 11-1 for Clevenger, and we'll get to like Lance Lynn and Robbie Ray, like, like 8,300 for raw points. And upside, Gausman could come out and strike out nine guys. Like, this isn't, a, this isn't a, like, ground ball or bust type of guy. So, like, if people are just going to look by him and in and, and GPPs, like, oh, I'd never touch him in cash games. I mean, this guy's a head case. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, he is. I mean, that's what he is. But I also look at the, the Reds' bats and go, they're cheap. So, I think it's a very, like, wide range of outcomes type of game where I can understand you playing Gausman, but I could also understand you stacking against. Yeah, I played um, 100% Max Freed um, yesterday. Well, Thursday slate. Like, really, really liked him. And I guess, like, the more I think about it, you know, it's the same arguments I was making yesterday for Freed. Like, this lineup took some hits, and they don't have as much power as they did. So, um you know, Scooter Jeanette's gone. Like the the instant home run's gone. So, oh my God, Scooter's gone. Yeah, he got traded. <laughs> His one hit over the past eighteen games is gone. That's right. Still hasn't hit a home run either. Trust me, I know. Um, talk about guys you're waiting for get your money back. Um, but yeah, I, I don't hate this spot here as much as I like. I guess it's a good spot for tournaments. Um, as far as the Cincinnati bats go. <sighs> <laughs> one of the reasons that I don't hate Gaussman here. I like Suarez. Um, you know, you talked about Gaussman being kind of reverse splits. We, we see him give up a lot more fly balls, a lot of hard contact to righties. Like Suarez can hit both sides of the plate and I don't mind him here. Right. And I, and I, you played freed uh, like hundred percent freed. I played very little freed and played a lot of like red stacks against him. So that's how, how well my line went, but freed was so, so chalky that like, that's my game. So it's like it, it'll, it'll, it won't work out like eight out of nine times. But when it does work out, I win all the money. So I, I'm not sure if I'm going back to the well with this Reds lineup because I actually preferred uh, the lefty against this lineup with the righties in it than I do the reverse splits righty with all these lefties in it. If that's, it's confusing, but I think you understand what I'm talking about. I get you. I'm sure our listeners get you too. Um, the Atlanta bats, you know, another stack that, you know, I'm kind of waiting for them to explode and make me some money too. Um, I, I like Atlanta here. I always like Atlanta against left-handed pitching, you know, Alex Wood, decent first start. You know, we, we know he's t- typically a, a ground ball guy, um, but he gave up a ton of hard contact in that first start. And if that happens again here in this one, um, it could be a really, really, really strong outing for Wood. So, um, or, bad outing for wood 
So I, I like Atlanta here. Uh, I think if you're playing multiple teams, you definitely want to have some Atlanta exposure. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta's opening with a five implied run total. I think the the best bats in this game for their price would be Albies, 4,200 at second base, and Donaldson, 4,300 at third base. Obviously, you could play you could play Freeman in a lefty lefty matchup if you're if you're stacking it up. I wouldn't call you crazy for playing Acuna at fifty two hundred. I mean, Duvall is hot, but he's he, now he's priced up to forty one hundred. I would include him in the stack or Flowers because he's catcher eligible in a stack like that. But I I I don't get the feeling on this twelve game slate that this this stack will be anywhere on like the top half of anyone's radar. But I think Albies and Donaldson will get ownership, but I don't think the rest of them will really see all that much. That's fine with me. Um, I like when they're lower on. That's fine with me. Um, all right, moving on. Detroit at Texas, 10 total. Tyler Alexander against Lance Lynn. Lynn's a 235 favorite. Um, you know, this is one of, the, one of the teams. Texas is one of the teams with implied total over six. We typically like lefties against Texas. Um, any interest here in Tyler Alexander? He's 6,400, and we have interest against uh, the, the Rangers against lefties. He's, is, does he qualify as a vomit arm? He's 6,400. Typically under 6K is more of the vomit range. But, uh, like, if I'm going to pay, like, it, Tyler Alexander, Kikuchi against the, the Astros, Sparkman against the Twins, like, I, I got to pick Alexander against the Rangers, even though they're in Texas in the ridiculous heat. Uh, I wouldn't like it. Uh, the, the Rangers have a 6.2 implied run total. That's typically not a good sign for a pitcher. Uh, but, like, he's got to be on my radar for GPP somehow uh, with him his price being that it's not that cheap, that he should be 6,400 uh, in order to, like, pay up at one starting pitcher spot and then have decent stacks in my line. Um, I like left-handed pitching against this team. I, I talk about it a lot. You know, this season in AAA, this kid, 24.7% strikeout rate, 11.4% swinging strike rate. His issue is home runs. And when you're in Texas and it's hot, obviously that's not the issue that you want. Um, he's cheap. I don't mind taking a shot in tournaments. I'm definitely going to be stacking against him too. I love the hedge life. So, um, the Texas bats are really interesting here with the amount of home runs this kid has allowed in AAA this season um, going into Texas. But he's going to strike out people on the way. He's not going to just go out and give up home runs. He's going to get some Ks here. Um, Lance Lynn, on the other side of this game, you would think that Lance Lynn's probably raw points-wise, everything else, like one of, if not the safest pitcher on the slate, right? Well, look at this Tigers lineup. I mean, they got rid of Castellano, so now this lineup looks looks <laughs> terrific. And they have all these – I mean, and, and their best hitters. And I'm saying their best hitters, saying that, like, Miguel Cabrera is, like, in the top third of their lineup. Uh, their best hitters are righties. And Lance Lynn is elite against righties. So I take a look at who am, who am I scared of that's going to be batting from the left-hand side. Goodrum, Candelario, Castro, Victor Reyes? I mean – who are these guys? I mean, these they have little power. I mean, Goodrum has some. Uh, Candelario has some. Uh, but that's really all I have to worry about in Texas is the, is the long fly balls. Uh, but there's a ton of strikeouts in this lineup. I mean, Lance Link could go out, still give up two home runs and have 14 strikeouts. And, yes, you're paying a big price. You're paying a, a uh, Scherzer-level type of price. But for the context of this slate, 
Like, it, it's warranted. The question is, how many people are willing to pay that far up at pitcher? Yeah, I, you know, when we're looking at this range, like, he's by far my favorite option. It's not it's not even close. Um, you know, Clevenger, I don't like the spot necessarily for Ray. I don't love Eduardo. Wade Miley's too expensive, even though he's in a good matchup against Seattle. Don't really like Paxton. Maybe Gaussman. Like, I can go from Lynn to Gaussman, um, but Lynn's definitely the, the SP1 for me um, today if I'm paying up. Like, it's – it's I don't even want to overthink it. But um, – and just, like, so on the Detroit side of things, not today, um, you know, because I don't really love the matchup against Lance Lynn, but Jake Rogers, for anybody that's curious, has power. Like, he's one of the top prospects in the Detroit organization, the catcher. Like, if you're looking for a punt catcher and maybe there's not a good pitcher against him, like, he's a guy that I wouldn't mind playing um, if you're looking for some power at catcher. Just not today. Right, and the Tigers the Tigers are possibly, yeah, definitely even cheaper than the White Sox. But I, I prefer the White Sox against Vargas than Detroit even playing in Texas because, like, I don't even know who to play. Like, do I want to really fill my first base spot with Cabrera or Dixon? Like, do I want – I could see, like, Jacoby Jones uh, without the platoon. I, 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 you give up your third base spot for Jimer Candelario at 2,800? <laughs> right? That's why I look at this and go that the most appealing bat would be Goodrum at 3,600 because he's shortstop eligible and he's batting second. But it, you could stack them for nothing, but I still don't want to do that because if I'm going to stack them for nothing, I'm going to stack the White Sox. Yep, I, I'm with you there. Um... We talked about Alexander a little bit, but I, I definitely don't mind Texas here. Danny Santana, Andrus, Pence, Willie Calhoun and the lefty-lefty, I don't hate that. Um, just depending on what this lineup looks like, I think you can play some of these Texas bats. Um, they called up the catcher. Um, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. They called up a catcher, so we're not probably going to get any more um, goat Jeff Mathis, so I'm kind of disappointed about that. But is it going to be like Kiner Falefa? No, it's um, it's like Jose something. I'm trying to look. Jose Treviano. How cheap is he? Is he in the player pool? Yeah, he's 3K. He's not like min salary, but uh -oh. they called him up. Um, he's not great. You know, he has a little bit of power too, but, you know, he's another guy you could potentially play that, you know, I doubt a lot of people even know who he is. No, well, I mean, it, uh, Jeff Mathis has a WRC plus of like three. So this guy has to be at least better than him. <laughs> we saw him last year a little bit, um, you know, with the Rangers. I think he only played a few games towards the end of the season. But, um, yeah, he, he's not like a massive power guy or anything like that. But, you know, it's a righty against this team. So his raw power on fan graphs grades out around 45. Yeah, I think the most appealing bat on the Rangers lineup is Andrews, 4,200. Gets, gets the platoon, shortstop eligible. Pence is viable, 4,800 in the outfield. But I'm, do I really want to pay 4,900 for Willie Calhoun? Do I, do I want to pay 4,700 for Chu without the platoon or Danny Santana at 5,100? Like, like, yes, I think this stack will be even lower owned than like the Braves, the Red Sox, or the Indians. So you can feel free to do that. I want to play the 2% stack. But the Rangers have a 6.2 implied run total. So you're not nuts for paying these prices for it. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a weird one. Like you know, the, you mentioned their implied total here being so high. 
and like you uh, you don't feel great about it like you clicking the names of how you build this stack like you're not in love with it so a lot of people are not going to be in love with it so you know you're potentially going to get it a little bit lower own here but it's 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 not like the prettiest stack in the world but they have a six implied total for a reason so um, moving on, we got Kansas City at Minnesota. Glenn Sparkman, Martin Perez, eleven total. Perez, a two fifty favorite here. Um, any interest here in Sparkman? Not a chance. <laughs> yeah, not not playing Sparkman here. Um, I have a, I have some interest in Perez. Like we look at this team against left handed pitching, they're not you know their bottom half in a lot of stats. Perez going to have plenty of run support here. Um, it's just really if he can be efficient and how deep he can go here at seven point nine k, but. You know, I think he's an interesting pivot off of some of these guys we've already talked about. Actually, I, I like the bats against him more than playing him. Okay. No, I, I get that, too. Like, he hasn't been great in the second half of the season. Way worse than he was at the beginning of the season. But um, I, I don't think he's the worst at 7.9K if you, if you don't want to play, like, all the Mats, all the Vargas, all the Dustin May, who we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, no, I, I get that. It's just that – I look at the Royals. They're going to get a ballpark upgrade going into Minnesota. I mean, a little bit. I mean, Minnesota isn't like launching pad, but it's it's a good hitter's ballpark. And the, the price, I mean, Merrifield's only 4,400. I mean, we've seen him at 5K. Dozier's 4,200. Solaire's 4,100. The bottom of the lineup is kind of vomit-inducing, but you can always get away with a punt uh, RTA get 2K if he's in the lineup at shortstop, which makes the stack price go extremely, you know, cheap. Or play Gam Gallagher at catcher for 2800 or I mean it's not the end of the world to fill a, a spot with Cuthbert or so I mean like you know, Bubba Starling at 3100 I mean you're a <laughs> lot you're playing these guys because you're playing a five-man stack and you're relying on correlation so you want the Royals to score nine ten runs and these guys kind of drive each other in so like I just like the prices more of the Royals bats they don't I don't think quali- I think only if you throw in Artiega does it qualify as a vomit stack like that type of price but you have to admit, like, Martin Perez has not done that well since the beginning of the season. And, uh, like, typically he limits enough hard contact. But, like, I don't mind taking the, like, Solaire, Dozier, these guys, because they can hit the ball in the air. And, like, I don't, I don't think the Royals are going to be on anyone's radar this late. So I have to look at them, if not as a stack, at least, like, one-offs in those spots. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the price tag on Witt. Um, he's he's a phenomenal one-off here. Um, you know, he's he's always hit left-handed pitching really well. Has great um, discipline at the plate. You know, as, as far as not walking a ton, not striking out a lot. So I like Merrifield, um, Cuthbert, who has been really good against lefties this season. I don't think he has a walk against a lefty this year. Um, as far as the Minnesota side goes, with all these teams on this slate, all these spots with the pricing on Minnesota, what do you think? Where do you think they come in ownership wise with them being like ridiculously priced on the slate? Uh, I, I hope they're overowned, only because they're hard, only because they're harder to stack. I only cause they have three outfielders and I hate using all three outfield spots, but it's one of the, uh, to me, I think the slate comes down to uh, people going, I want to play cores or going, where can I play that's not cores? And which side, like, wins out that conversation? Because we could see a 12-game slate that, I mean, we see a lot of times large slates that cores is over-owned. 
But there's also a lot of times we see slates like this in courses under-owned because people are like, everyone's playing cores, I'm playing Twins. Everyone's playing cores, I'm playing Red Sox. Everyone's playing, and they, they pick another team. And then you go in and you go, well, you know, why is David Dahl only 8% owned against Sean Anderson? Like, it, it could happen. So to me, like, the Twins have the highest implied run total on the slate, which includes both cores teams. So, like, Polanco, Kepler, Cruz, Rosario, I don't care. The, Rosario, anyone that's under 5K, it can get in my lineup. That's perfectly fine. Polanco, Rosario, Sano, Marwin's 3,500. He'll probably be batting, like, eighth or something. But that isn't horrible. So, like, I look at this and I go, like, at these prices, I'd almost rather cores be under-owned because I need to use, like, three outfield spots. But if it turns out that people are like, oh, yeah, the Twins are around and I kind of forgot about them, maybe I don't mind. And I start building five-man stacks like that. Yeah, um, I think they're going to come in pretty low. And I think that with the two pitchers that are in course today, like there are two really bad pitchers in course today. I think, you know, we haven't got to that game yet. It's coming up here in a few minutes. But I think Coors is going to get a ton of ownership. I think Houston's going to get a ton of ownership, like, uh, for on, honestly, on like this twelve-game slate, like you might not even have to really play too much of the ownership um, here because, like, it might be massively spread out today. So it'd be really interesting. And again, Christian, you know, you do an awesome job, you and your team. But um, have fun with this one. Um, Seattle at Houston. Yusei Kikuchi against Wade Miley. Ten total. Um, Miley is a minus three hundred favorite here. Um, any interest here in Kikuchi? Uh, against the Astros, no. I don't care that he's five K. I don't care. That's an easy pass. Wade Miley's expensive. It's an amazing matchup. Can you pull the trigger here? I can. I think he's overpriced. I always think he's overpriced. But if you take a look at his, his performances over the past two months, he's like averaging fifteen to twenty DK points, like no problem. Like, it, sometimes he'll get seven strikeouts, but sometimes he'll get four strikeouts, but he pitches seven innings with only two hits. So that, that gets – and the win. And that gets you 20 points. So uh, with the, the Seattle lineup having, you know, this lefties and righties that strike out a lot or don't have enough power, like, Wade Miley limits hard contact. I don't want to pay 9100 for him, but – as you mentioned before, if you don't want to pay all the way up at pitcher, I'm making the same cases as Gausman, and Miley is like lower variance because I don't think Miley gets blown up in this spot. I don't think he gets blown up. He gets blown up either. And honestly, like we just don't have a ton of options up towards the top today. So I don't mind, you know, taking like a Wade Miley um, at 9100. He is overpriced. There's no doubt about it. He's overpriced, but he's a guy that is probably going to go out and put up 20 to 25 points in this spot with Seattle strikeout rate. This team has a 27% K rate against left-handed pitching this season, the projected starters, not just like on the season, like this team, we know they strike out a ton. There's only one guy. If Navarez isn't in the lineup, he has a 9.5% K rate. If they have somebody else in there, everybody in this lineup's over 20%. So yeah, Miley's not a big K guy, but this is a spot it wouldn't shock me if, like, Miley goes out and has, like, 10 Ks. Um, so, I, I don't mind Miley here. He's much better at home this season, and I, I think that, you know, this is a spot, even at 9,100, I don't mind paying him. 
I have zero interest in any of the Seattle bets. I will play none of these guys. Well, they're cheap enough. I mean, you could have Tim Beckham's back in the lineup. He's 3,500 and shortstop eligible. Tom Murphy at catcher, 3,400. You know, he's had Domingo Santana, fourth. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the righties. But, like, I don't see a five-man stack here that I want to play. And if you stack against Miley, he's one of those guys that you think you could stack against him and it never works out. So, like, I wouldn't even try with, like, an Austin Noller or Keon Broxton. Like, these guys have such high strikeout rates that if I'm going to pay that cheaper price, I'm still going back to the White Sox. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Tom Murphy. Like, you know, give me Jansen in that range. Like, I just – Wade Miley, ever since he started throwing a cutter last year, he just does not um, get get blown up. You, you couldn't have you couldn't said it better, so – um, Houston bats, another team that has a good matchup. Kikuchi, not very good. Seattle bullpen stinks. Um, there's so many good spots today. Like, I know we keep saying this, but it's, it's just, there's a lot of good spots today. Yeah. I, I don't see how Bregman is not chalk on this slate at 4,600. Filling shortstop. And you, you can even play Correa at, at 4,600 at shortstop and play Bregman with them. I, I like that the Astros, because they have these infielders that you can fit, you know, Altuve's 5K now. So that, that's, that's not as cheap as it used to be. Uh, but, I mean, you can, I mean you, can even, you can play Alvarez even in a lefty-lefty matchup at 5,400 against Kikuchi. Springer is actually cheaper than I thought he would be in this match. I would figure Springer's like 5,700, but he's 5,300. Uh, like, I'm not, big, I'm not a big fan of the stack because I, I, the lefties, do I really want to spend the money up in that, in that range for that? But I can definitely see play. I mean, Bregman, Correa, using Springer, one of the outfielders. I mean, I think that's perfectly viable. Yeah, like you know, if you stack the bottom half of this lineup, you know, if you go Bregman, um, Gary L, Torinos, um, Diaz, Marisnik, like it's probably really cheap. I don't know. Let's see. Um, let's well, Gary L is still forty seven hundred. That's not really that. Cheap. Like Torinos is thirty nine. Um, you know, you hope you get Martin Maldonado in the lineup again. I want Trinos, man. 3.9K. Well, Maldonado's 2,600. I want the cheap guy. Yeah, but I want the home run. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at the price. I don't care about what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk Coors Field. Giants, Rockies, Sean Anderson, Peter Lambert. Um, not playing, you know, those pitchers, right? <laughs> they could be twice as cheap, and maybe then I'll start thinking about them. Lambert, it's 427 Woba, 310 ISO to lefties, 388, 348 Woba, 210 ISO to righties, uh, strikeout rate at 17%. Let's talk Giants hitters here. Uh, hey, I have, a, I have an opportunity for Scooter to get his first home run on this series. I forgot he went to San Francisco, not Philly. Yeah, and he's still 3,500. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I don't see uh, two things. If, get, if Scooter's in the lineup, he's the chalk second baseman at 3,500. Uh, I don't see how Brandon Belt doesn't end up being the chalk first baseman at 4,000 if he's leading off on the road in cores against Peter Lambert. Yeah. Um, that, that's why I said there's going to be so much ownership here because these pitchers are so bad and it's not like these, it's not like the Giants outside of Yaz and Panda and Steven Vote, like all those guys are priced up, but they've been priced up. But like Posey's 44, it's a little bit higher, but Brandon Bell is ridiculously cheap. We talked about Scooter being really cheap. Um, Pilar is cheap. 
you know, depending on what this lineup looks like, you know, panic's really cheap. <laughs> Crawford, if he's in, if he's in, he's 3,700 at shortstop. Yeah, he's banged up right now, so I don't know if he plays this game or not, but um, he might end up on the aisle. But, yeah, he's cheap too. Um, so, a lot of cheap bats here. It would be really interesting to see what the Giants lineup looks like. And then we go to the Rocky side. Sean Anderson stinks. Like, he's a guy that doesn't strike anybody out. He doesn't miss bats. And, like, it, I don't understand the Alonzo pickup for them because they have Murphy. But if Alonzo's in the lineup, he's going to be very popular. He's 3.8K facing a terrible pitcher. Like, the only good thing that we have here, the only saving grace that we have here are the Rockies are all the guys you want to play are over 5K. Right, but that does, that, well, that's what I mean before by will people play the Rockies or the Twins? And I think, I think it ends up being that the Twins get more ownership than the Rockies. I think the Giants get more ownership than both teams because of the pricing. But we're used to seeing the Rockies at these prices. And when people look at, at Glenn Sparkman against the Twins and go, well, how am I not playing? How am, how am I not? How am I playing uh, uh, David Dahl over like Nelson Cruz or Kepler or one of those guys? And I would, I would have to agree with them to some extent. So to me, I'm comparing the Rockies guys to the Twins going, whoever's going to be lower owned, like, like I'd rather play Sano over Arenado if, depending on ownership. I'd rather play uh, Polanco over Story, depending on ownership. I'd rather play Blackman over Cruz, depending on ownership. So, so to me, like, the stack's obviously in play, but I think the stack's more in play on the Giants' side than it is on the Rockies' side. But if that's the case, and they're actually going to be the stack because they're expensive, lower-owned, I'm, I'm actually more interested in them than anything else. Yep. Um... Uh, man, I, I I love the Rockies today. Um, yeah, it's chalky. I, I'm perfectly – like, my cash lineup is going to be really chalky today. I can tell you that right now, just kind of looking at how this slate is kind of shaping up. Um, I can tell you right now my cash lineup is going to be really, really chalky. Um, I'm definitely not playing Aaron Judge in cash today just because um, I don't need to eat any more chalk. Um Let's see here. We got um, the Nationals and the Diamondbacks, nine and a half total. Joe Ross against Robbie Ray. Um, any interest here in Ross? I know he's 5.7K, but I, he's a horrible pitcher. At one point, like, we probably would have played Joe Ross at 5.7K. <laughs> but um, uh, the talent, the, the strikeout stuff has just kind of gone away. Unless this lineup is very right-handed heavy, which it there's a – what 5% chance it is. Um, I'm not playing Ross here. He struggles against lefties. This lineup is going to be very left-handed heavy. He's going to walk a ton of people. Um, the other side of this game, Robbie Ray, this team just doesn't strike out against left-handed pitching. I say it so much, but they just don't like their, their strikeout rate. They only have one guy over 20% and that's Trey Turner. He's at 20.5. I just don't think I can play Robbie Ray in this spot. Well, I could play him in this spot. Sure. Ray's a strikeout pitcher, and they could strike out. I mean, the, the Nationals are getting a ballpark downgrade to some extent. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about Soto, I guess. I mean, I, he's lefty-lefty, whatever. I mean, Soto could still hit one out. Uh, I agree with you that uh, that they have a lot of righties in their lineup, but, I mean, uh, if Bri- I go by the, 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 che- the cheese method with Robbie Ray. Well, cheese says that uh, when Ray is popular, you fade him. 
And then when he's not popular, you play him. So, like, that's what I'm going by. He has strikeout stuff. So, like, if I'm willing to play, Stevie, if I'm willing to play, we're, we both talked about it, playing Wade Miley at 9,100 and Robbie Ray is 1,300 more than that, and I'm going, I'd rather play Wade Miley. What universe do we live in? So, I mean, I, I got to look at Robbie Ray. I mean, I, I think you'll actually get a decent amount of ownership because 10.4K, because you can't get all, if you want to get like a 7K pitcher and then get an SP1, like I think if you go up to Lynn, you're not going to like your bats, but I think you could fit in Ray and still like your bats. Yeah, fair enough. It's just, it's like a written rule for me. I don't like lefties against Washington, but I, I hear you. Um, and I doubt he'll be popular here. So I like Cheese's method as well. 31.6% K rate, 13.8% swing and strike rate on the season. Washington's just so patient. They walk a ton. They really work pitchers. And Robbie Ray, when he struggles with the walks, like he just becomes very tilting. So um, you can message me on Twitter when he has like five walks in this game and doesn't get out of the fifth inning or gets 11 strikeouts and dominates the slate. So um, Washington bats here, you know, Robbie Ray tends to give up some home runs to righties. I don't hate Anthony Rendon here. You know, third base is pretty loaded today. I don't think he'll be very popular, um, especially at his price at 5.1K. Um, Arenado's flat 5.2. Highly doubt anybody's going to play um, Rendon over Arenado today. Oh, definitely. I mean, you can look at Rendon. You go, go, well, why aren't I pull? I mean, there's so many other third back. I mean, I'm just looking around going – Going now, he could, he could end up being two percent owned and hit three home runs in one game. I mean, he could. Uh, I I I would prefer like if Kendrick was in the lineup, second base eligible. I prefer him over Dozier in in these spots with the platoon. I actually prefer playing Dozier against, with against righties because he tends to be a reverse splitsy type of hitter, uh, and and typically Dozier's lower in the lineup. But I mean, you, you could play Dozier in this spot. I just think that at second base, like, why am I if, – if I'm not playing Scooter Jeanette for 3,500 in cores batting fourth, like, why am I playing Dozier batting seventh against Robbie Ray? That seems kind of stupid. But, I mean, you can make the case for any of these guys if Ray gives up a home run or two. But And you could also make the case for the stack. He could walk seven guys, and the, the Nationals put up 14 runs. It could happen. But I think even, that they're just not cheap enough in comparison to other stacks on the slate. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd go here. Um, Arizona, like the lefties, right? Like, again, you know, I, I don't expect them to be too popular here. They're not cheap. Um, what do we do here with Arizona lefties? Well, they look cheap to me. The Diamondbacks always seem to be over 5K. I guess that's true. Yeah, right? you got them again, like. Right, I'm looking like I'm, I typically don't like Dyson or whatever, but I mean, you, I mean, but Marte 4,800, Escobar 4,700, Peralta 4,000, Jones 3,800. If Lamb's in the lineup, but Walker's in the, I mean, he, the, like they're cheap enough that like this is going to be a stack like, like no one's going to. I mean, no one's going to play this stack. They have a 5.3 implied run total, and yes, it's not as high as some other teams, but like they they were similar to the Pirates. And they're better than the Pirates, that they just go criminally under-owned for no apparent reason, and every once in a while show up with 17 runs. And uh, taking a look at the positions that they fill, I could fill second, I could fill even short with Nick Ahmed. I mean, I, uh, Avila's, I mean, you, you could do it enough, 
that like it's cheap enough that I could pl- I could play even if I'm just playing a three man alongside a five man, like all three guys are going to be no own. I mean, I mean three percent owned at most because you're going to pay for other guys rather than do this. Yeah, they kind of stand out to me as like a secondary stack today. Um, they are a little bit cheaper than I had thought, and you can make some interesting stacks with them. You know, Peralta, Lamb, Avilia towards the bottom of the order and, you know, really save some money there. So um, last game on the slate, we got the Padres and the Dodgers. Eric Lauer against Dustin May, eight and a half total. Uh, May is a 180 favorite here. Any interest here in Lauer? Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't care that he's a lefty. I, I just don't play – I typically don't play pitchers against the Dodgers, no matter what hand they are. Yeah, like lefties are better against the Dodgers because obviously they're facing all the left-handed bats that, you know, you're kind of afraid of. And, you know, everybody's saying, oh, Astros, Dodgers, World Series. Well, if that happens, like the Astros are full of right-handed pitching. Good luck with that. But um, I don't have any interest here in Eric Lauer. He doesn't have a big enough strikeout rate to kind of dominate these lefties. Only a 9% K rate against lefties this season. And, you know, Muncie and Bellinger still hit left-handed pitching. They pretty much hit everything. So I don't have any interest. Do you have any interest here in Dustin May? Uh, looking for, at his minor league numbers, uh, it, it, looks like, it looks like to me, you can, t- you can tell me more since you, you, know, you know what he looks <laughs> like. Right, you know the ginger stuff and everything like that. And hey, I'm a redhead too. I should I should be more interested in him. But it looks like that he's more of a a a ground ball pitcher, uh, like low fly ball rate and uh, an average strikeout rate in just the minors. So I mean, how it relates to the majors is anyone's guess. But I mean, I'm looking at twenty twenty two ish type of uh, strikeout rate and 55% ground balls, which is great for run prevention. Of course, he's against the, the, the Padres, so that kind of increases the strikeout potential. Like 7,600 is not like cheap, cheap, but it's also not that expensive. The Padres have a 3.7 run total. Uh, it's an unknown, so I don't consider this to be like a cash level play, but like I don't know how much upside that's there, but hey. Maybe he is a $9,500 pitcher, and we don't know it yet. So here's the thing about Dustin May. Really, um, I read a a lot about him prior to the season starting um, when it came to MLB best balls, and he really wasn't supposed to get called up this year. But So they added – he went from a two-seam fastball to a four-seam fastball, and he added like three to four miles an hour on his velocity. He has one of the highest spin rates in minor league baseball. Um, He has an amazing slider – which is really going to set up well against all these right-handed bats. So, you know, a fastball that sits 93 to 97 with an electric slider generates ground balls because he has such high spin rates. Um, this kid, I don't know how long he'll stay, if he'll stay long, because I, I really don't think they want him up. I think they want – maybe he ends up in the bullpen, pitching out of the bullpen. But there is a 100% chance I play him today. Like, he's my favorite SP2 um I, I love Dustin May in this spot I think he has tremendous upside I honestly don't think he goes over like 85 pitches I think they'll be kind of you know limiting here with the pitches um but he is stretched out he's been pitching in AAA since getting called up from AA he's just young like he was not this is not expected I think he's 20 21 years old so it could easily go wrong but the talent level is certainly there I'm just going by you. I mean, I'm I'm looking at when you say that he may not pitch more than 85 pitches, then I start looking at, like, uh, Kevin Gausman instead. 
Yeah, but I think even in like 85 pitches, like this could be a spot that he goes out in 85 pitches and still gets, you know, six, seven, eight Ks. So um, it could be a very effective um, eight innings or 85 pitches. So, but it, it's the Dodgers. So you really, you know, Dave Roberts does what he wants with pitchers and it's usually on the safer side of things, especially when he knows like this is the number one prospect in the Dodgers organization. Like they're going to be careful with this kid. Right, and then looking at the Padres lineup, I like I don't even see many like what lefties. Hosmer, Mejia, maybe. I mean, like I look at them and it's like, oh, a rookie pitcher. Let me maybe pick on him. The prices are cheap enough, but I'm not even sure who the, who, who are take Redfro. I mean, Machado he fills a shortstop spot, but I mean, I, I typically lean towards the side that like the betting markets are somewhat right, and the bookmakers kind of set the lines what they should be. So like. When they're setting a line of a, a, a major league debut performance and the opposing team has a 3.7 implied run total, that should tell me to stay away from the Padres. Yeah, I don't have any interest in the Padres. Like I said, the slider really scares me off with all these righties. You know, you start digging in the whiff rates on these guys on sliders, and, you know, they do not grade out very well um, here. One of the reasons I love May as far as the Dodgers go, they're going to be pretty low-owned here. Um, you know, the standalone 10 o'clock game, the late game, um, all, all the time these, these late games are lower-owned, just like Arizona will be lower-owned. So nothing really standing out to me too much here. You know, Pollock's 3.8K against the lefty. I think he's fine. You know, you could always play like Bellinger, Muncie, those guys, Justin Turner. But, like, it's not a spot that I love these guys. I think they're okay. Um, you know, it is a lefty that doesn't strike left-handed batters out, so it's a better spot for Bellinger. But he's 5.7K, and Blackman's 5.8K against a terrible pitcher in course. Yeah, and Lauer is typically a pitch-to-contact, a soft-contact type of guy. Uh, I mean, I'll, I have no problem picking on him in the right matchup, but just, like, the context of the slate doesn't dictate me stacking the Dodgers. I could see playing Pollock. I could see playing Turner. Uh, I'll never play Tyler White. I don't care. He's 2,900. He's going to fill my first. I'll play Miggy Cabrera against uh, Lance Lynn before I play Tyler White outside of a stack. But, I mean, hey, if people will go there. People will look in projection systems, and it'll kind of pop a little. So, I'll probably get a little bit too much ownership. But, but outside of that, I mean, no one's going to play Bellinger at 5,700 in this. I mean, so you can, oh, sure, you can make a case for it. But uh, I, I'm not going to be late hammering uh, this slate. Um, yeah. So just in case you were um, curious, May threw 77 pitches in his last AAA start. So my, my 85 is probably pretty close. Um, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. I'll go with Steven Matz. Man, I really like that Matt's May combo. That might what I, I might roll that out there. You can really stack that Rockies game. Um, over eight K to score under fifteen. Over eight K. I always miss that. I always miss the chalk here. I always look and I just take a guy, and over eight. <laughs> we're not gonna have the same guy today. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Alex Wood. Yep. See, we're not gonna have the same guy today. You like the guy that I'm taking? I'm taking Paxton. Uh, I don't like him. I just like that he probably will be low owned. You like a strong, hard-throwing lefty at, um, you know, 8.7K is what you like. Over 4K to get a home run. Who hits a home run not in course today? I can't believe I can't say Aaron Judge for this question. <laughs> right? Over 4K. Well, I'm sorry. Aaron Judge is an over 4K. 
I'm just going to eat the chalk here and take Brandon Belt. You can't take Coors. Oh, I can't take Coors. That, yeah, oh. That's a rule. Oh, when did that guy? That rule must have been. I've, it's always been there. You must have uh, done a podcast with Coors, honestly. Oh, uh, probably because I really don't care who wins the game, like the morning grind game. But uh, you know, I, I track this and like you know. Really, you uh, do? I didn't. Oh, I thought you fake write this down. Oh no, no! You can see my <laughs> screen right now. You can see that I write it down. Look, oh my God! What's my record? Some of my picks are jokes. I don't know. I haven't ex- uh, updated the Google. Oh, you, you can take out that time that I thought the Marlins were going to score the most runs. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> that was more of a comedy show than an actual pick. I circle um, it before, like, before we start the podcast every night. Oh. I go back like once a month and I update the sheet. Oh, I'm I'm the new guy here behind the scenes. I'm like, okay, everyone makes it. It's a nice little game, but no one tr- gets tracked. It's like, oh, oh okay. Oh, no, there's man, there's people that place bets on these. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I got to take this seriously. What? Okay, so over four K. It's so now I feel the pressure. Like, Good. oh, now, now I really have to look. Put the, put the pressure on him. Put the pressure. Oh, over, uh, like, Glenn Smart. It, it's got to be one of the twins. This is stupid. It's okay. It's just a matter of picking the right one. Uh, Eddie Rosario. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take your chalk pick of the day. I'm going to take Bregman. I wanted to take Harper again. Harper's going to home run just because I didn't take him. Today. There's so many of them. This look at the slate. It's you're going to need like 240 in GPP to win. Uh, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. Not in Coors Field. Not in Coors Field. Yep. Two hits. I can't take Scooter today. I'm kind of disappointed. Oh yeah, you're right because he's in Coors. Yep. Oh. Who's cheap? Your White Sox. Oh, I could take the oh Jose Abreu against uh, Vargas. Yeah, I helped you out. I know you liked you know, Brayu, so I, I figured I'd help you out there. Um, I'm actually going to take a White Sox as well. I'm going to take um, Jimenez. Oh, see, see, you took the guy that I'm like, I think he hits the home run, but Eli strikes out too much to be the guy that has two hits. Two home runs is still two hits. Uh, uh, that's correct. <laughs> give me a stack to score six or more. <laughs> well, can you go wrong on this slate? I don't know. There's... There's 15 uh, of them. See, 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 here's the thing. Like, uh, now that I know it's tracked, I'm not going to say the Diamondbacks. <laughs> see, <laughs> that would be the sneaky one. So, they they uh, have a five-run in, in implied total here. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, how do I not say if it, it can't be in cores, right? Can't take so cores. I, 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 I need to bump up my record to make up for the Marlins, so I got to say the Twins. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I'm not going to say Houston. Houston was the easy one. Um, Give me, give me the Toronto Blue Jays. That's off the board, right? Yeah, that's enough off the board. I mean, look at who we're talking about before: Astros, Twins, scores, Diamondbacks. I mean, okay, the Blue Jays. Okay. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Um, as always, appreciate everyone listening to the podcast each and every day. If you're playing NASCAR, make sure you head on over to RotoGrinders.com/NASCAR. We'll have all the content up for the race on Sunday. And um, there is a discount for the rest of the season. You can get the last 15 races for 150 bucks. That's going to save you 45 bucks if you buy it this week. So make sure you're checking that out. He is Blenderhead. I am Stevie TPFL. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you again on Monday.